Hey, everybody. Welcome. Uh, this segment of Model Railroad Hobbyist Podcast, uh, Craig Martin's on board with us. Uh, Chris is still here. Jim's still here. Uh, you probably saw in the media recently that Craig sold his company, purchased by Alice, and he's off doing uh, another venture, which I've heard people speak very, very high of it, uh, Craig. But it but Chris and I, and probably Jim too, had heard question. Geez, I wonder if they're going to do this. Wonder if do that. Uh, so maybe you can put our collective minds at rest on how this thing will integrate. You know, there's great products that you've got from your loads to your cars. Just how's this going to work? Now, it, Craig, if I may say, just to go along before you before you get into that. Okay. Sure. When I my now I'm not an HO and I'm not really an N and so. But when I saw the announcement that you'd sold it, my response was kind of, if you'll forgive me. Ah! <laughs> okay. <laughs> I like, no! Yeah, yeah. No. So I think there's probably a lot of people out there that probably had the same response, like, oh, no! Yeah, Craig, yeah. talk closer to the phone. You started fading. Okay, can you hear me? Oh, Is that's excellent, excellent. Okay, okay. Okay, so you had a disbelief, a moment of disbelief. Yeah, that's yeah. Well, first of all, I thank you guys for having me, and 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 uh, thank you for those comments. But I uh, hopefully you'll be able to put some things to rest here. Okay. So first and foremost, the, the number one thing here, and and I, I just want to speak on this real quick, is that you know this all came about basically because I, I've I've read all sorts of different rumors. I've read you name it, I've read it, and or I've heard it even. Um, what I can tell you is that I, I had never really intended to exit from BLMA. It was something that, as you guys know, I've done for quite a while now, and I love just doing the videos. I'm a, a model railroader at heart. So there's a ton of things in the business that I love doing. About five years ago, I started a different business, which you spoke of, which is MyMetalBusinessCard.com, and it's metal business cards, completely unrelated to trains, but that business is doing very, very well. So reverse back to then the NMRA show last year and I was talking to the guys from Atlas and it got kind of thrown around just almost off the cuff that, hey, you know, it would be nice if Atlas could, this is from Atlas, hey, you know, it'd be nice if we could expand our product line. Would you ever consider selling BLMA? And at the time, I kind of laughed it off because I had never considered it. And as the days passed that event and we, you know, came home from Portland from the NMRA show, I started to think about just how busy I really was with the metal business card business with BLMA. I'm also in an entrepreneur's program called the Entrepreneur's Organization, and I'm on the board of the Orange County chapter. So I'm really, you know, as they say, a candle burning at both ends. I had a lot going on. And to the point that with the metal business card business doing so well, I felt a little bit um, that I couldn't spend as much time on BLMA as I needed to. So this came about, and the more I thought about it, the more it became kind of just a win-win situation where, and this is where I'll fast forward now to the part of what's going to happen with the BLMA brand. As it is right now, you know, the, the whole premise of buying a company is pretty pretty simple on paper. Once you get into the nitty-gritty of everything that had to go on from the negotiations back and forth, which took months, to logistically moving everything to Atlas's facility in a big truck, to just there, there's so many little minor details that I think um, this process is going to take some time. I think there's been there, there probably could be more communication going on to the general public about where we're at on things. But again, there's just so many little loose ends to just tidy up. For instance, the website domain, getting that registered with them, getting the products listed with Atlas. So 
converging of, of systems on both sides. It's just, it's, it's a lot considering, you know, how many years we've been around and the different pieces of the kits we offer and the different, there's tons of stuff. So as it is right now, I know full well from talking to everyone at Atlas, there is nothing as far as I know that they want to discontinue. So whether it be detail parts or scenery products, everything will remain for sale. Right now we're in a, in, in a kind of a transition period where anything that we had in stock, they now have physically at their location, but they have to get everything added into their back-end accounting system, which is a little more difficult than it might seem because, yes, everything's on an Excel file, but they have to get the weights and everything, the product dimensions for their point-of-sale system that they have. Um, so it's been there's been some time to get all that, you know, I guess overall those, all of those hurdles, they again, don't want to discontinue anything. So at, at, at the point that everything is on their website or available to order from Atlas, which should be in the next couple of weeks here, the entire BLMA line should be back. Um, with that said, anything that was out of stock will come back in stock in due time. They plan to rerun or run any of the freight car models that we had, uh, you know, previously done in the future. And on top of that, they also, uh, got access, of course, to everything that we had planned in the future, which there was quite a few projects that I had that I was itching to get done, and I'm excited now that they will be done through Atlas. And I put a lot of faith in those guys, and I have no doubt that um, there'll be a lot of cool stuff coming. That's kind of a, a general synopsis of the whole situation as it is. Okay. Is there a sense of timing that you get out of them? Like you just reintroduced the, uh, what, the beer cars? Correct. Yeah. So. Yeah, I guess there there is one more point to speak on. Um, I'm trying to keep it, you know, short because I know that people listening to this probably don't want to hear me blab for for too long about this stuff. But as far as so to kind of back up here, when they took over BLMA, which was early January of 2016, we're, we're in an interesting industry where you know we make a lot of announcements about pre-orders. People pre-order the product, and then the product comes in. Hopefully, you know, six months, nine months later, after it's produced overseas, the situation was that. When they took over BLMA in early January, we had quite a few open pre-orders for things like, yes, the third run of the of the beer cars in HO and N scale. Uh, in BNSF, we had crude oil N scale tank cars in the works. We had all sorts of products that we had announced that hadn't yet come in. To keep things simple and to keep it, well, I guess simple on all sides, they said, well, how about you, BLMA, will still bill out anything that's been pre-ordered prior to that cutoff date or prior to that January you know, sale of the business, but Atlas will physically ship it. So if you've pre-ordered beer cars through BLMA or through a distributor when BLMA existed as its own, um, BLMA will still bill that out. But again, the product's going to physically ship from Atlas's location. And that makes sense because they have a huge warehouse. They've got plenty of people on hand there to help logistically, you know, get these shipments out. And we use some of the same factories that they use. So there's really no issue there with, I mean, there's a lot of synergy between both brands. So just to clear up everything now, I just want to make that point clear that everything up until the last item that we announced before the, the sale of, of BLMA will still be, again, billed through BLMA, but shipped through Atlas. So no one order, there are no orders are going to be canceled for rolling stock. But if you did have something on back order that was scenery or detail related, that will be closed out at BLMA and you'd have to order that from Atlas uh, when the product comes back in stock in Atlas. Okay. Seb, would that include... Uh, the items that you furnished direct, like your pipe loads, um, they're going to integrate into Atlas also? 
Yeah. And so that there, there also brings up another good point when, you know, BLMA has or had its business model and there were certain things that were anomalies like the pipe loads that we only sold direct. I know that there was a purchase order with the factory for more pipe loads in both HO scale and N scale before we, or before I sold the business to Atlas. I know for a fact that that pipe load uh, purchase order is still open with the factory. Okay. So more than likely, yes, you will see pipe loads from Atlas. Now, do they want to continue to sell them direct only, or will they put them in packaging and sell them to distributors and dealers? I don't know. A lot of that, I think, is what remains kind of up in the air. But uh, these guys, it, it's interesting to me to hear, and, and, and I get the whole reaction of BLMA had its own niche. Um, I'm proud of what I was able to do with the company. I had a lot of great people helping me over the years, which is a huge testament to the passion and creativity of everyone in the industry that, that helped out. But I know the guys at Atlas are committed to doing everything to the best of their ability. Yeah, and part of the whole purchase was for me to be a, a consultant for four years. So that includes research and development. It includes um, advertising for them. I'll be doing uh, some trade show uh, visiting. So I'll be doing at least a couple trade shows per year. Okay. Um, and I'll be at their booth, of course, because there won't be a deal in my booth. So there's a lot of things that I still kind of have my fingers in that I'm excited to, to help out. You know, hopefully, again, we can kind of push that legacy into the Atlas brand and then see what happens from there. Okay, because from a modeler's standpoint, and Chris and Jim, I'm sure, share this, there's that apprehension of, golly, this ran so smoothly. I hope there's no uh, cogs or or clashing of the gears here. Because, and I say that having, I don't do it anymore, but having worked for a model railroad store and having been impacted by some of the hiccups on product flow out of Atlas in the past, some of which, you know, were still going when I left that store and moved in uh, 2015, I go, gosh, please don't let that happen to the, to the BLMA products. Yeah. And yeah, that's a, that's a great, great point. Yeah. Because I had similar concerns about they bought Branchline. And, mm -hmm. yeah, Branchline, excellent kits. I mean, they can drive you crazy. They're passenger cars, but they're excellent. And I'm going, oh, please let this continue, you know, unchained, <laughs> unchanged. Yeah. So I know. What were your concerns, yeah. Chris, when we were talking? Well, it wasn't so much a concern about the, the business or how it's run, because I know Craig and I know Atlas and both are very capable within the industry. It's it's more like my, my concern is that Craig continues on as a modeler and he still remains within the community because me he's my friend. Craig is my friend. And I know there's a lot of other modelers that just enjoy having Craig around at these shows and um, within the community coming up. So it's more like what, what? you in a windstorm. I, I'm, I'm walking to my apartment. So forgive me, but, well, you know, champagne, it's like you walk around anywhere there. <laughs> it sounds like you're in a torrential, like some sort of storm in new Orleans or something. You yeah, know? there you go. <laughs> <Touché>. <laughs> Oh, but, I was walk. I was walking around Chicago today, and I'm like, "Wow, it lives up to the name." It's a beautiful day, though. It was like 60 degrees or something like yeah, that. Yeah, uh, they don't call it the Windy City for uh, nothing. Okay, as you were saying, Chris. No, what I was just saying is just like, what's next for Craig? Uh, I'm. 
I mean, I'm fully confident in everything going on. What's next? Yeah, well, first of all, uh, yeah, Chris, we, we've been friends for a long time. And, and one of the big decisions that or one of the big things that came up in my mind uh, with the sale of the company when I just started scratching the surface of, wow, is this even possible? And I've told many people this that I've talked to. I, I received a ton, when we made that announcement, I my phone was ringing off the hook and I got tons of emails from people, some that I haven't heard from in years. And to the one thing I can say about it, and the one thing that I really thought about for a long time, both you know logically in my head and then also in my heart, was what am I what am I giving up in terms of who I've met and and all the different connections that I've made and just the friends that I've made. And I came to the conclusion, you know, after thinking about it for a long time, that none of that stuff changes. You know, I've been all over the world for for BLMA to Australia to well, and then all over North America here for for trade shows and things like that, and um, and obviously China a couple times. And all of those connections are people that I now consider friends. And I realize that this, that BLMA, you know, is its own entity, but I don't feel like I'm defined by that by by, by BLMA. I think it's a, obviously a huge part of my life that I'm very proud of. But, you know, looking forward, I thought, wow, you know, I actually, I don't lose any friends over this. And now I get to really go back and enjoy the hobby that started me into business. And so, you know, for people that, that, that know me personally, I'm, I'm a big fan of business just for the sake of business. And which is, again, how I got into the metal business card side of things. And at this point, I kind of have, you know, a little bit more free time to get back into the modeling side of things. And BLMA started this custom painting and small little wire detail parts that I'd done by hand, and I can go back to that. I don't think that I'll uh, I'll do it as a business again, but I I really enjoyed it, and I have full intentions of uh, getting back into it. In fact, next um, this coming week, Thursday through uh, Sunday of next week, I'm going to be rail fanning with some friends uh, for four days to uh, basically LA to Flagstaff and back. So I'm fully uh, still a train guy at heart. I mean, that's not going to change. Still a modeler. And like I said, with Atlas uh, and the and the deal that we have for the consulting, I will be at a couple of trade shows. Um, I can tell you uh, that I will be at the WPM show in Southern California coming up here. And then I'll also be probably, it's tentatively looking like doing an open house for Fullerton Railroad Days in our office like we used to do, but just on Sunday because WPM is on Saturday. And then on Sunday, um, I'll be doing the open house here for kind of a BLMA slash Atlas open house to show off the latest uh, products from them and some of the latest stuff that BLMA had had coming out. So yeah, really, Chris, I mean, to, to kind of go back to what you said, as far as friendship's concerned, it's it's a big deal to me. And I, I'm happy that I've met so many awesome people that, that that continues on. And I look forward to going to the shows and continuing to talk to people, even again, without BLMA on my side. I'm still, I'm still me. I'm still a train guy, still a rail fan, still a modeler. So now I can get, you know, more into it or back into it, I should say. Uh, are there any train shows that you have tentatively lined up for 2016 that you can share with uh, the listeners that you might be going to? I, so I know that the whole WPM and then, um, and, and Fullerton Railroad Days, I'll be representing Atlas because these are both, you know, Southern California shows. I think beyond that, they were talking about uh, taking me to train fest, but um, I'm, I, that's just kind of tentative. So if anybody, uh, we'll be there. Please definitely stop by the Atlas booth if that does happen. If not, I would assume the other possible show would be the NMRA show uh, in Indianapolis. But I'm I'm just not 100% sure on that at this point. But uh, tentatively looking like Train Fest in November. 
Great. I'm looking forward to seeing you there. I, they, I'm going to all these train shows for uh, Athern. So it, it, it'll be great to have you back at, at some well, of these shows. I was going to say, we had a good time at the at Train Fest last year. So I, uh, yeah, I look forward to, to doing it again. I mean, I'm, you, you guys, I think that the, the whole point I want to make here is that I will be around and at least visible for, for the, for the duration here. I mean, I'm still a modeler. I intend to fully go to some of these shows, whether it's with Atlas or not. So, um, you know, I'm, I'm definitely going to be around. Well, that's great. And, you know, you were a hands-on American-based owner when you had BLMA. And one of the things that I do just admire about Atlas, it's a, what, 150-year-old family-owned business? <laughs> it's not that old, but, yeah, it's it's pretty old. Um, if I could speak to that real quick, sure. you know, I, I want to say, and this is not something that I'm, I'm not the type of guy that, um, look, and I'll always speak from the heart, I'll always speak honestly about stuff. Atlas, once the whole deal went down, I was in at, or at Atlas for a week in mid-January of this year, and I've, I've known many of the R&D guys from Atlas for years. I had never met Tom, the owner, um, or the uh, – he's actually not the CEO. Paul Graff the CEO, but Tom is the kind of head guy there. Long story short, they have a, a facility that if anybody's ever been there, it is massive. They've got a, a very big team. It's Let's put it this way. I want to make the point that that business – is much larger than I thought it was. And on top of that, looking through the walls, they have a great kind of, um, it's almost like a little artifact museum when you walk in. And then as you walk through the halls, there's old ads from the 50s and 60s with the early switch kits that they had. Some of the early innovative products like FlexTrack. We all take it for granted that Atlas started FlexTrack. They got switches, switch kits as a popular thing. They did the first practical rail joiner. And I'm learning all these things about this company that, I've always known, even from when I was a kid, looking at the N-scale stuff, the HO-scale products, they've been a long-time cornerstone in the industry. They've definitely had some, and you spoke about this, some hard times in the past couple of years with uh, getting product out of you know, factories overseas. I think at this point, from, again, my week there, um, that's all over with. It looks like they're getting almost more than they can handle at this point, and I think they're on a path right now to uh, to really kind of make up for what they – you know, what they didn't have in the past couple of years and just move forward. But they, it's really a remarkable company, and there's there's a few cornerstones of the industry. Um, Atlas is right there with Athern, uh, Cato, and I would say Walters. Um, I've told Phil many a time that if it wasn't for Walters, BLMA wouldn't have existed because early on he gave me some of the purchase orders, well, not he directly, but obviously Walters, to really grow the brand. It was that, you know, his – their 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 whole dealer network supported the product that got pushed through through Walters that then allowed me to have the cash flow to to make the business into something. So, you know, this industry is is small by many standards, and um, these cornerstone companies we're, we're we're entering some interesting times where things are changing. There's a different dynamic in the industry, but these cornerstone companies are really the lifeblood uh, and have been for a long time of the overall. Um, just everything in the industry. They, they produce a lot of great stuff. And I guess this is my point to say, support them when you can, because, you know, everybody needs support, but they've been there for a long time. They make a quality product and um, it's all run by people like you and I that are like Chris that are doing the best they can to put out good products. I, I sort of view the, the, the larger companies as sort of like the, the health of the of the hobby if if these large companies walters atlas 
uh, Athern are are continuously releasing new products and it's selling through, you know, the health of the hobby is going to be pretty well established at that point, you know? Mm-hmm. So I, I like, I like that you really noted them because they are important to the industry and to the hobby as a whole. Yeah. Well, you know, it's funny. I, I just, I feel like I, I was like a politician in my little, you know, soapbox speech there, but I, I don't mean to be, I don't mean to come across like that, but, the whole point is that there's there's people behind all of these businesses. So it's interesting that often we see just the models that get produced and then you go on the forums and people bash the models or they commend them or everywhere in between on that spectrum. But ultimately, you know, there was people that spent time on it. Things can go wrong in China, things can go wrong in R&D, but I think everybody's making a good effort to do the best that they can. You know, my hat's off to everyone that's in the industry or has been and, of course, to all the modelers that support it because, yeah, it's a full ecosystem that without one element, things start to kind of fall apart. Atlas has been the provider of track for a very, very long time. Amazing, you know, products that they try to be innovative with. You've got Athern producing tons of locomotives and rolling stock that's been a cornerstone of the industry forever. Uh, just, you know, you've got all these different companies doing different pieces in a small industry that really uh, makes it work. So it's, it's, it's a great thing. I mean, looking looking back on my involvement in the industry and my my current involvement in it and, and my future desires as a model railroader and not a business person. It's a great, it's a great hobby, but I don't have to tell you guys that, you know, it. well, I'm really happy that you came on to the podcast, Craig, and got a chance to share some of these things uh, going on into the future past uh, just, you know, the, the sale of BLMA uh, to, to Atlas. And then also having an opportunity to just sort of reconnect with uh the modelers as a whole um we're i'm really excited to to hear that you have a, a little bit more free time well maybe not free time but a little bit more time uh <laughs> yeah, yeah. maybe you can enjoy just the the hobby again and yeah. uh you know seeing what you develop with your own hands and some of the things that you can do um just as a joe blow modeler it's really an important thing to hold on to is that connection to the hobby. So um, I agree. I agree. Uh, that, and, and, you know, to that being on. said, I'm really excited for you. man. <laughs> so. Thanks, man. Well, I, I, yeah, it's funny because we often see, and I know we've all seen this people that kind of come and go on the hobby. A lot of times, you know, life happens, right? There's, this is a hobby at the end of the day. It's focused around a passion that we all have, but things happen in life. And, you know, it's funny that the minute you get back into it, I had a really cool, I guess I'll kind of end on this. I had a really cool note from an engineer, a UP engineer down here in Southern California who I've been friends with, who I've seen at train shows for many, many years. And he wrote me this really cool note and he just said, Hey, I heard that you sold the company, you know, my wish you the best in the future. And by the way, you know, the other day I bought this old, I forget what kit it was, but it was some old kit. And he said, you know what? I spent a couple hours focusing on it, putting it together. And man, what a payoff. Like it may not be the most detailed thing because it's an older kit, but he said, what a relaxing payoff to get to dive back into this and really enjoy the hobby as it's meant to be enjoyed. And I thought it was kind of just a cool, like, uh, you know, it was just a, a heartfelt thing that he said that wasn't so focused on anything else. It was just having a good time with the hobby. And to me, that's what it's all about. We, again, we're often on the forums or wherever it may be hung up on these little, you know, things here and there, this not working right or this, there's a delay on this product. At the end of the day, it's about having a good time. So I thought that was a really great note, but you're right. That summarizes, uh, 
having time to work on the hobby is an amazing thing if you can uh, find the time to do it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. The uh, it's like my wife goes, "What do you do with your time during the day?" Because I'm retired. <laughs> Going back to the branch line trains, and you know, it's about twenty hours to build one of those. Trust me, oh, yeah. trust me, honey. I am keeping myself occupied. I just <laughs> started another MTH uh, uh, conversion to Loke Sound uh, this afternoon. It's you got to have the time to do it, and uh, yep. just golly, I find it so relaxing. We started, uh, you know, on the Model Railroad Hobbyist podcast, we've uh, gotten questions on there about things we've mentioned on the show, and I go in and answer them, and had a guy send me an email via Model Railroad Hobbyist who wanted to know about DCC, and I'm going, he started listening to some of the older podcasts, and so he had a lot of questions, and so he wanted to send some locomotives to me and have me do them. I said, hey, why don't you let me show you how to do this and walk you through it? So ended up being, I created this 12, 13-page document complete with color photos, put it as a PDF format, sent it off to him. I said, let me know what you think. And I've got some other people reviewing it. I was thinking, Chris, we may post some of this stuff on the uh, Facebook page. Oh, yeah, that's great. So I've, uh, when I do the next, like, Atherin ready to run or whatever, I'll do it also or weather one of Craig's uh, fabulous cars. Yeah, taking time just to enjoy the hobby. You know, just the other day, Craig, I, I, I decided I was missing sort of a, a freight train from my lineup of stuff. And it was a Santa Fe Manifest train from, like, the 90s. And the first thing I thought of were your your beer cars. I'm like, oh man, I I probably going to need a few of those. And I started looking on YouTube, just Santa Fe trains rolling by, just to get a sense of what was in them. And sure. I, I tell you, like, there's it, it seems like every train, every I'll subdivide it manifest train that rolled by, there was like three or four or more of those cars in there, you know. So oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep. I, I was just like, oh man. Wait a second. Hey, wait. How am I going to get these? <laughs> you know. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Having the insight that there's a transition going on and understanding that that you know the, these things are going to be back in stock in a little bit is great to uh, to, mm-hmm. to know that you know. Hey, just give it a minute. They'll be back. <laughs> well, Chris, you know, I happen to have a whole bunch of Craig's beer cars. I could probably swap out a few for those uh, GATX. Uh, tank train cars. We could probably oh, barter some of those. <laughs> <laughs> the, this is, this is, yeah, this yeah. is going to be more of like a Pokemon back in the, you know, in the 90s and stuff. <laughs> like Pogs, yeah. Yeah, Pogs. Beanie Baby. <laughs> <laughs> I'll raise you some GATX tank train cars for these beer cars. <laughs> <laughs> hey, and by the way, too, uh, I don't want to give away any um, secrets, but I can tell you that we had been working on another um, ATSF-built car um, mm-hmm. that Atlas will be announcing at some point. So I can't I, – I don't want to give any more information out than that, but I'm sure Atlas would be okay with me saying, you know, aside from our BX-166, there will be another car, ATSF-built car coming down the pipeline that Chris will fit 
that train perfectly. A oh, I, I'm, um, I'm looking forward to it. I really am. It, it, it's something that I kind of thought, hey, you know what? I have all this SP stuff, but I have a friend, Chris Lemoth. He's he's heavy into Santa Fe, and there's we keep talking about like going to do another uh, run session between like he, his brother, myself, and him. Um, he and his brother and I are Southern Pacific guys. He's a Santa Fe guy, so we we tend to gravitate and try to get our trains to look right from back when we remember back in the nineties. And it seems so weird saying that back in the nineties, like it's, you know, <laughs> I know. a million years yeah. ago or something. Yeah. Dinosaurs <laughs> walked the earth. The dinosaurs, when dinosaurs walked the earth and Atari, you know, 2600s were cool. And <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it, hey, that's still cool. Come on. Man. <laughs> So no, thanks for the heads up on that, Craig. I, I'm I'm really anxious to see what you guys have been working on. Well, see, if you were to mention yeah, the specifics of it, I would just when I edit it, I would take that section and do a reversal, so it would sound like a Klingon saying it. No one would know what it was. Yeah, like yeah. Trust me. The old like death metal stuff where you play in reverse <laughs> and it tells you to go do bad stuff. Paul is dead yeah. from the Beatles album. We, we can put like yeah. Ozzy Osbourne Crazy Train kind of as a as a you know <laughs> background while you say it backwards over it. And... Yeah, all aboard. <laughs> so you still have your place there, right along the tracks in Fremont. Uh, yeah, in Fullerton. Yeah, so we oh, yeah we definitely still, yeah no, not a problem. Um, yeah, and in fact, there's a big train going by right now. But we uh, yeah, I, I still have the office here, so. What happened, it's kind of funny, you know, I, I started the My Metal Business Card uh, business five years ago, and at the point I had one employee. Now I have four full-time employees, and in the past couple of years, they've been working about, I'd say, 10% of the time on BLMA stuff, and then 90% on My Metal Business Card. So our phone system in the office, we have a different phone line, you know, for, for both uh, companies, but when you call BLMA, all the phones ring, and it's just whatever line, you know, we, we know that line one is for my metal business card line twos for BLMA. So people have been calling. And I feel kind of bad, but they talk to my employees and they, and the, one of the things that always gets brought up is, well, are you going to lose your job? Like, what are you going to do? Or are you moving to New Jersey? And they're like, no, no, we're, we're totally cool. We have jobs. Like we're not going anywhere. Um, and to that point, this office, this office isn't going anywhere. So okay. yeah, even though we're not going to be doing any model train stuff out of the office, I, I still get to look out the window all day and watch BNSF stack trains and M-Tracks and, you know, Metrolinks go by. So that's that's a, definitely a perk of uh, of where we're at, for sure. Well, I was vaguely aware of the new business that you had uh, launched. And when I called the uh, the owner of an affair with Trains in Phoenix, I said, I just heard that Craig Martin had sold BLMA. BLMA. And he goes, yeah. He said, sadly, he had heard it back through one of the suppliers. And I said, wow. He said, but you should see his metal business card. I said, really? He said, so anyway, the uh, you got at least that one fan in Phoenix who was just raving about the business <laughs> cards. Okay. That's cool. We, You know, it's funny. We've done, we've done metal business cards for a few uh, model railroaders that then came to the site, saw them, and said, well, you know what? This works for my business. And metal business cards are not something for everybody. My my mom it was a school teacher. She's retired now, but she showed all of her school teacher friends one day who taught middle school, and it was like you were speaking a different language to them because a middle school teacher doesn't need a metal business card. Uh, <laughs> if you're in a business where you want to, you know, stand out and make an impression, then by all means, metal business cards are for you. But 
Yeah, it's definitely a unique product, but that's cool. I, uh, people come out of the woodwork, and again, if it works for their business, by all means, they're, they're fantastic. If not, it's, it might as well be, like I said, a different language on a different planet. Well, tell us, what is the website for My Metal Business Guide? It's exactly that. So just My Metal Business Card, and it's singular.com. Okay. Um, and a little background, you know, on that, we do metal business cards. It's not just the business cards. It's a lot of VIP things. So we work with Facebook, with Uber, with the Hilton. Um, and a lot of what they do for those types of companies, it's not, it's not business cards for individual people. We'll make, you know, 5,000 black metal business cards for some type of VIP event. Or for the Hilton, it was some type of Hilton Honors uh, Club, like a very prestigious club where you get a black card as, as a member of the club. Um, We've done backstage passes for, for Barry Manilow concerts. We're working on something right now for Anthony Bourdain. The, uh, you know, he has a, the yes. food, uh, he's on the Food Network, I yes. think. Yeah, so a, a VIP pass for him for something. Um, the, the funny part about it is I was an advertising major in college, and when, when you're an advertising major, the thing to do is go work for an ad agency. And at any ad agency, if you get you know one huge client, you think that you're, this is awesome. We work with Ford or sure. you know, Nike or whoever. We've worked with Ford, we've worked with Nike, we've worked with Facebook, Uber. So these metal business cards, it's funny that I've worked with more, you know, large companies than I ever would have had I started an ad agency or worked for one because we are trying to be the number one source for, for metal business cards in the world. And I think at this point, definitely in the U.S., we're, uh, we're on our A game right now. And it's a fun business to watch it grow and to be a part of. And, um, you know, in some ways, I get to take the BLMA influence into it, doing more, you know, videos for metal business cards, doing the hands-on kind of approach of, and it's all, by the way, chemical etching for these things, which is how BLMA started. So it's sure. kind of a, there's a lot of synergy in both brands. And for me, it's a, a natural transition into something that, you know, could scale a little bit bigger than the model train uh, business could. Well, I think what I will do then is for our anniversary is get one of my wife's business cards. She's a vice president of transplant here at Tulane Med Center. And oh, wow. I think I will buy her some cards because if, when this gets spread around the executive meeting room, you know, we'll, we'll let these people lust and envy over her metal business <laughs> exactly. cards. I'll go to your website then. That's great. I, I yeah, that'd be awesome. yeah, let me know. Let me know. I can help you. I, and by the way, I'm not here to pitch that product. It's just kind of a fun thing to, well, no, to look at. No, it's but, like Chris uh, said, you're a great guy. We want you successful. I mean, you did great oh, things in Model that. Railroad, and it's, you know, been handed off. So, no, we're still interested that, you know, Craig is successful. Absolutely. I, I appreciate that. I really appreciate that. Yeah. It's all in a day's work, right? Just got to have fun and exactly. uh, find something you like doing. Yeah, it's a, it's a hard living to crack open pictures of trains and, <laughs> you know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> someone's got to do it right Craig you know <laughs> that's right that's right I'll, I'll just enjoy the modeling side I'll let you uh I'll let you crack at the uh, the R&D now yeah yeah live vicariously through me now yeah yeah the, the, yeah. the torch has been passed to Palomares <laughs> yeah, oh, no. oh no <laughs> just don't light yourself on fire right <laughs> yeah don't become a YouTube uh, sensation there yeah Oh, that's sweet. For the wrong reason, anyway. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's, yeah, there's that. Well, what else can we talk about? We've only been doing this for 40 minutes. This has been too entertaining. 
what's happening on your end that augments or goes hand in glove with what Craig's been talking about, Chris? Well, you know, actually, Craig, have you made any plans to do any modeling in in the next year or so? Anything um, that you want you know, to build, I, any any sort of layout, anything than the real life that gets you kind of excited to, you know, look at trains again as a modeler well, as versus I'll, manufacturer? Yeah. I'll definitely say this. I And I think that probably a lot of us struggle with this. So I drafted um, on the computer uh, a small N-scale layout for a spare room, spare bedroom that I have here. And uh, I got the whole thing planned out. But there was something about it, I think, just the space requirements and what I could do. And then you look at the magazines and you see stuff like like Mike Deniman, who just blows me away with his N-scale stuff. I'd be, by the way, I'm an N-scaler at heart. Um, so what happens is I, I'm starting to get this kind of envy of like, well, I can't, I don't know if I'd be able to do it that good. So I, I almost, it's, it's ironic that I, I'm putting my, my toe in the shallow end and just going, Ooh, that water's too cold. I don't know if I can come back, you know, but obviously I, I'm going to, but the whole point here is it's like, I see so much great stuff going on that I almost feel like I haven't started yet because I don't want to not be good at it. I want to produce an awesome layout, but you know, but it's with the, the ironic part is that back in the day with BLMA, I just jumped in. I didn't know what the hell I was doing. I started, I picked up an airbrush, started airbrushing, and it was like ignorance is bliss. Now I'm kind of like, well, I want to do something really good, but you know, it's one of those things you just have to jump into it and start having fun with it. I mean, the, the minute that I do, um, I'll love it. I do really actually want to detail uh, some end scale locomotives if it's any, you know, uh, thing here to, to talk about, but um that's where my heart was. That's where I started. And uh, it'd be fun just to go back and, you know, break off a couple of number 80 drill bits, cuss a little bit, do it again, and then put some grab irons in and call it a day. It'd be fun. I was always amazed. We had a couple of inscalers would come in, go over to where I, you know, kept all the detail parts, and they'd go, well, I need the BLMA this and that, and inscale. And he'd bring him back over, yeah. and I said, how in the world do you even see to get it on? I said, you know, I find it challenging <laughs> at HO, and you're doing it in scale. You know, then do one of those fake bow-downs to him like, <laughs> I'm not worthy. Oh, that's amazing at yeah. in scale. The, the fun part about it, you know, for me, and I'm sure Chris or anyone that's been in the industry, you, you, you see some of the stuff in the box, and you go, okay, wow, that's really good. And especially some of the stuff that's coming out now is just, amazing there's a the amount of detail the paint quality everything is just looking really good but then you see what some really talented people do with it and it's just your your jaw drops you know i've seen models that it's like i in person and both in magazines and videos that it's amazing work it's passion shown through passion and talent and time shown through it and possibly some money because this isn't exactly a cheap hobby if you you know once you start to dive into it but um it's such a cool thing to see people really just uh, grab the bull by the horns and go for it. But, you know, at some point, Chris, I'll, you know, everybody, I'll definitely uh, jump back in, but I'm trying to, you know, keep my metal business card doing really well. And again, my, my commitments to Atlas are not super time consuming, but to the point where um, I'm in pretty constant communication with them over there and uh, that'll continue for a while. So um, anyway, one of these days, but Hey, first things first, I'll be rail fan. And like I said, next week for four days. So, I'm looking forward to getting out of the office and uh, going trackside and flagstaff. That'll be a lot of fun. You know, you know, it starts there. 
when you go to Flagstaff, because when I would go up and take the interstate and then fade over, I think it's uh, 89 that takes you into town that becomes, you know, a section of the old 66. Just where the uh, former Santa Fe mainline crossed this road, and it was, railroad was an underpass, there was a restaurant on the left. I think it was called Ron's. You went in there and you go, I'd like the breakfast platter. And I swear to goodness, five people could eat two meals off this platter. <laughs> I mean, oh, man. Eggs, potatoes, <laughs> sausage. Oh, you want, you want bacon with your sausage and all this stuff. And you see some, uh, I've, I've just never seen that much food served. And literally, it was like what I use as a serving platter for dinner here. And they're using it as a plate. I think it was Ron or Rhonda, something like that. But it's on the left this year. Just getting ready to go into the viaduct. Check it out the next That's time. That's awesome. Okay. You know, okay, good I'll rail grub. Yeah. Yeah, well, I'll, I'll tell you this. I'm looking, this is as goofy as it sounds for people that have them all over the place. I'm looking forward to having breakfast at Cracker Barrel. Because in California, we don't have any Cracker Barrel. <laughs> So, you know, I tell people that they're like, Cracker Barrel, really? That you like that place? I mean, it's good, but, you know, and I get that, like, tilted head, like when you talk to a dog and they look at you with a tilted head, like, what are you talking about? <laughs> no, I understand. You never had a what? I've never had a bad meal at a Cracker Barrel. Yeah, there you go. See? There you go. Yeah. The, it's I, really funny. I already know. I just wanted to say real quick that, uh, you know, it's funny you mentioned this. Uh, my girlfriend, Angie, mentioned to me, oh, yeah, we have a Cracker Barrel here and champagne. I'm like, we do? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and, and, you know, the next thing, it was like, come on, babe, get it, put on your shoes. We're going to Cracker Barrel. Wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. This is, this is breaking news. The girlfriend has been mentioned before, but now you've given her a name. This must be Uh-oh. serious. This must be serious. This is a revelation. Wow. Well, you know, I'll get her on the speaker here if you're nice. Well, take her to Cracker Barrel. She'll probably appreciate that more. Yeah, no, no. She, I mean, Cracker it, Barrel. It, it was just sort of like looking at me like, why do you <laughs> want to go to Cracker Barrel? I mean, who cares? <laughs> oh, no. My wife loves it. We're out on the road. We seek out Cracker Barrels on road trips. Well, to me, the whole thing about rail fanning is when you're – and I've been all over the country rail fanning. Yeah. Um, and actually, interesting story, too. We were at a place in Omaha. There's a I don't know what it's called, and, and I know that anyone that lives in Omaha would know this place, but it was on a top 10 breakfast diners in the country um, list that I saw online one time. <clears throat> and I saw it and thought, oh, I've been there. But it's the same situation. It's some kind of little rundown, dumpy place, but their, their breakfast potato and scrambled platter is it's literally a mound of food with <laughs> – slices of cheese all over it like you know like on a like on a barge where they have you know all this trash pile and they put the tarps around it with the tires to keep it down it was like yeah it was like cheese holding this mountain of potato and eggs <laughs> from falling you know from from avalanching down i mean it was but anyway oh, i just i forget what it's called but it, that was a great the great place in omaha but uh, that's part of the fun real fanning is you know seeing what's out seeing what's what's in this country that's you know true. driving up to the little podunk places to eat and uh Enjoying some food you wouldn't otherwise have. Yeah, it's all about riding around the country trying to find good, uh, you know, trying to find a Cracker Barrel and eating there everywhere you go. <laughs> Jimmy, a little exactly bit closer enough. to the phone. A little bit closer to the phone. I can't move any closer to the phone. 
Well, then just it's breathe a, it's, deep it's and a, talk loud. Talk loud. There you go. I like that. Okay. <laughs> that, 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 that's Jimmy up there in Chicago. Way up there in Chicago. <laughs> he sounds far away. Yeah, it was the wind blowing the sound waves away. Well, no, it's, it's all it is. is it's it's the uh, Bluetooth headset I'm using. So, yeah. so I, I mean, as long as I don't sound like I'm in a bucket, which is a which is amazing. I have this expensive, you know, uh, whatever that the the ball mic. I spent you know spent sixty bucks on this mic, and I sound like I'm in a bucket or whatever it was. But it was like the snowball mic. I bought a snowball mic. And I sound like I'm in a bucket. I, it's like, I don't know. And then, then I use my cell phone with a Bluetooth headset and I sound better. Ah, okay. Maybe I'll just huh. do that. Well, whatever works. You know, we don't care. I know you don't care, but I'm just We saying. just want you to have fun Not and sound good. Chris and I talk about it all the time. We just want Jimmy yeah. to have fun and sound Keeps good. me up at night. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> While you sit there eating uh, Canadian bacon at Cracker Barrel. Yeah, indeed. <laughs> I'm going to have to do a Google search and see where they are in New Orleans. Oh, you're going to be on the hunt, too. It's going to be sort of like that. What, Craig has scratched Kumar's the scab off of quest sword, for maybe. White Castle, but it's going to be Chris and Craig's quest for Cracker Barrel. We have a White Castle uh, wannabe in town up here in the, in the Lakeview area. But not a true. They don't put as much uh, mustard and onions on them as the uh, the White Castle does. But it'll it'll do. It satisfies the uh, the quest. So you're going up to Flagstaff, Craig? Yeah, yeah. I'm uh, I'm actually going with um, Paul from uh, from Details West. Okay. Paul uh, Fedricone, and then a another friend of mine, and then also. A guy who, uh, Tim Dickinson, who I've done a number of uh, videos from his layout. He's got a Burlington Northern uh, layout, and he's an engineer for UP in, in real life, but he's taking some time off. We're all taking some time off to yeah, drive out there one day, spend two days out there, and then drive back and um, see everything in between. Beautiful Needles, beautiful Kingman, um, beautiful Barstow, California. Uh, <laughs> and, uh, yeah, so should be fun. Was you come across... Uh... 40 on the way to flag after you've left Kingman once you know you're going to come up to Williams uh where the Grand Canyon Railway is the old uh Harvey house there and then there's Williams Junction just a little bit to the east of that and I've taken a lot of photos and movies there and then just maybe halfway beyond there's a place called Maine just like the state of, but it's Arizona. Okay. Apparently, at one time, it was a, a yard that serviced, I think it was called the Navajo Ordnance Depot. It had its start in World War II. And I've gone there oh, wow. before because if you're shooting a long lens coming from the east, you see these things descending a grade and doing this snake loop as before they throttle mm. up to come past you. Oh, excellent, excellent uh, photo areas. And I've never had any of the 
local sheriff or uh, highway patrol bother me. You know, they would come okay. up, okay. how you doing, you know, Patriot Act stuff, and I'd show them. Sure. And they were just very accommodating. So, oh, huh. I envy you. That's and a great you, trip. Yeah, I'm looking forward to that. You said that's, uh, that's it's Maine, uh, and it's, um, you said it's east of uh, of Williams? East of Williams and, of course, west of uh, Flagstaff. It's right off 40. There's a sure. an exit there. Okay. Uh, okay, cool. Oh, yes. Beautiful. Senior, I've got we'll, we'll uh, keep an eye out for that. I framed some prints that I'd made from uh, telephoto shots up there. I've got them in the train room, hanging on a wall. Just great stuff. Huh. Okay. Very cool. Yeah. There's some. There's there's a lot of uh, territory between you know Flagstaff and uh, and L.A. here that we want to hit, but um, specifically to those there's those Nelson tunnels out there in the middle of nowhere. Uh, but I think it's the only double track tunnel on the entire BNSF Transcon at this point. Wow. So um, anyway, and it's 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 difficult to get to if you don't know how to get there. But I've been there once, so that's another very cool spot. I, I, I'm sure we've all seen photos of it, but um, you know it's it's fun to watch double stack trains go through a a uh, you know double track uh, tunnel. Sure. So that's one spot we hope to get to. On the way to is Seligman S E L I G M A N I believe. Yep. Yep. Uh, that's a that is an interesting town. You know, it's original U.S. Uh, Route 66, but some of the stores and stuff there, it's like when you go th- to Roswell, New Mexico. Things take on a slightly different flavor because of all the UFO stuff <laughs> in Roswell. Yeah. Same thing in <laughs> Seligman. It's a different influence. It's like wow, it's 1969. <laughs> yeah, hippie movement again. But great, uh, yeah. very friendly people and uh, great train photography. Yeah, I think there's an old railroaders uh, bar. I forget what the bar is called, but I went there with some friends. And um, boy, I wish I had, I'm not in front of my computer to look it up real quick. But yeah, there's a there's a good bar that's not too far from the tracks that apparently back in the day, all the, all, all the old heads used to go there and <laughs> have a beer after work. So <laughs> sounds sounds pretty typical, huh? Yes, yes, yes. Good old Rule G. Yeah. Are you on Facebook? I am, yes. What, under Craig Martin or My Metal Business Card? Uh, yeah. Yeah, under Craig Martin, yeah. Okay. Then Chris and I are going to expect you to post, and Jim, too, post some photos. Definitely. Yeah, friend me on there for sure. I, um, I'm i friends with Chris, so, um, well, yeah, I we'll definitely will. Pass, you know, but... we're out there, it'll be... <laughs> yeah, well, yeah I'll, I'll definitely post some photos out there. Oh, look. oh, I know I'll be taking a bunch, too. You know, just think of the money we save now because we're burning uh, pixels versus before when we used to have to take this stuff and drop half a month's salary just to pay for the photo processing. Oh, sure. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it, you you have some pretty good photos on your walls too, uh, Craig, over at your over at your condo. Are you going to continue on printing up a couple new ones from your trip? You think? Um, yeah, definitely. My, my whole, you know, everything that I'm, that I'm around here, even if we got a new office and we went by the railroad tracks, I would have railroad photos in it because you can take the, the, the train guy away from the trains. You can't take the trains away from the train guy. So, um, you know, I definitely, yes. And, and where we're at here in Fullerton, I was lucky enough to 
I reached out when I moved here in 2010 to quite a few different friends that had taken photos, like Craig Walker at Athern um, and a number of other SoCal natives who have photos of Fullerton back before it, it you know, looked like it does now. And, you know, got a ton of great photos that I turned into prints. And so the office has kind of a, a little, you know, paying homage to what Fullerton was back when it was a double track main line with, you know, local power store here. And uh, the spaghetti factory was not a spaghetti factory. In fact, that, that UP depot as it is, wasn't even on this side of the tracks. So it's kind of a fun, uh, fun way to look back, but yeah, man, again, I'm, I'm totally a train guy. So there's nothing that's going to change about that. I'll, I'll forever have uh, an influence in my house of, uh, train stuff that's for sure you know when you start going around to some of these train shows for atlas you'll you'll have a moment to actually get up and go around and i know yeah it's kind of dangerous because over at uh i think it was the springfield train show this one guy was selling this i i swear it was a three foot by four foot map of the southern pacific railroad and I just oh, wow. could not, uh, I, I just had to get it. <laughs> it was like 40 bucks. <laughs> I bought it right there. And I was like, wait a second, how am I going to oh, get it was this already home? framed? <laughs> no, it wasn't framed. Fortunately, I had to pull it away from the cardboard backing and put it in okay. the mailing tube and send it back to myself. But I, I got to get it framed now. But my point is that there's, there's always uh, some really cool memorabilia at these train shows, especially the ones back east. Because the ones back east, they're always looking for, you know, the local railroads around that area. So when you you can really run into some wet, cool West Coast things there that no one is interested mm. in, <laughs> or maybe very few people are interested in. Sure. And um, it, it, it could be kind of the, the next step is the challenge of packaging it up and sending it home, you know. Me- so, meanwhile, definitely. meanwhile, you go to a, you go to a show in California. California, they probably have this gorgeous something from the Boston and Maine, and they're like, we'll sell it to you for five bucks. Yeah. You know, and, and all the SP guys are like, what's this garbage? Boston and Maine. Pleh. Yeah, uh, that's the old BM, the BM railroad. You can have it. Just take it, you know? <laughs> uh-huh. yeah. You know, that was actually a joke among the the Athern guys, we we went out to to dinner with some some really nice guys from the BNM Historical Society, and uh, you know oh, they were kind of razzing us for being West Coast modelers. And then Tom Baccarella from uh, Athern, he he puts his hand around, kind of corrals this one guy from a BM. He's just like, well, you are a BNM guy, so you just won't understand. And he just roared laughing. <laughs> <laughs> because we were giving each other, you know, a little bit of uh, razzing about <laughs> the, the railroads we model. So it, it, it's it's fun. it's a fun show to go to back in Springfield, and it's kind of cool that you know uh, you have that connection to New Jersey with uh, Atlas, and maybe we'll see each other in the Midwest and the East Coast shows a little bit more often. Most of the time, I saw you on the West Coast, but you know, exactly, yeah, yeah, well, for sure. I mean, I'll, I'll be around. One of those things that always disappointed me, I always liked SP diesels because they had oh, all that cool package. stuff on them. You know, all, cool. all oh, yeah. Light, light packages and all the, all the extra, the, all the extra stuff. Whereas B&M was so cheap. They never put anything on, you know, if they had to put it on it because the FRA said <laughs> you need to put a light on. What do you mean we need mm-hmm. to put lights on it? 
the crew can use a flashlight. That'll be fine. <laughs> that you know, that's what they would do. And all the Eastern Rail Conrail, you know, B and M, all the Eastern Railroads were cheap. They didn't put anything on the locomotives. And all the Western roads had all this cool stuff. But if you notice, all the Western roads have all taken all that cool stuff off. Yeah, leaving out. gaping holes. <laughs> They're like, wow, this stuff is way too much money to maintain. What the heck did we got this foolishness for? Yeah, now there's just a big you know, metal plate welded over a lot of that stuff. Right. But it was cool in the 80s. Yeah, we're still kind of stuck in the 80s. Uh, at least I am. Well, that's what that's when, <laughs> you know, a lot of people, you know, 80s and 90s were when the you know, railroads were cool. I mean, you know, now it's... I mean, I, it's not that I dislike the railroads now, but it's, you know, you've got ES44s, ACs, and DCs. That's essentially what you have. And the odd mm-hmm. SD70 ACE, you know. Well, you know, I got to say, and I got to put this in front of Craig, too. You're being an N-scale guy. You should, hi- I highly recommend getting out to Kansas City for the N-scale convention. Not only do you have the N-Scale Convention, but you have the Kansas City area, which has sort of like a cornucopia of railroads. And it also has the Kansas City Southern, which is stuck in the 90s. I mean, they're out there with NCAB, SW-1500s and stuff. I put together a quick little video for the Athern uh, page, and it it was just sort of like SW-1500, GEVO, SD-70 Mac. SD forty two GP thirty five, you know, it's just this weird <laughs> lash up of stuff. Yeah, and, and you don't see that too much anymore. Just you know, going around California or the Southwest, but you see it over in Kansas City and and east of there, you know. And if you go yep. a little bit south, you can go to the Arkansas, Missouri. I don't know what it's like anymore, but I, I think they're, they're running aces now. SD seventy aces, I think. They get rid of all the I, I, don't, I don't know if they got rid of them or not, but I know they're I know I've seen SD seventy aces in that uh in that maroon and what is it, maroon uh, and uh, yellow and blue or something like that. Yeah. Uh Chris, I've seen uh I don't know. Who owns Kansas City Southern now? Nope. Kansas City Southern is a self supported okay. railroad. They are uh we see their black, you know, that really nice black, red, yellow paint scheme. Yes, Southern Bell version. Oh, the Southern Bell. Uh, I've yeah, seen those on overpasses up in Baton Rouge and uh, not too far from me where the UP comes into town. So, yeah, it's beautiful here in New Orleans. It, it's a cool little railroad, but, you know, they're not as little as we all think because they have a huge network into Mexico. And, <laughs> I mean, they probably have more tracks in Mexico than they do in, in North America. I'm not sure. I'm just guessing. But, uh, yeah, it, what they the operation they had in Kansas City was really interesting. It, it, it kind of brought me back to the things that I liked about going to the tracks and just not knowing what you were going to see. And you see a whole lot of different things, whether it's freight cars, locomotives, uh, just track configurations and all that stuff. Uh, I'd say the Kansas City Southern is probably one of the more modern railroads that that people tend to overlook because it's not owned by CN or CP or something else. You know, it's it's still kind of a a small vibe type railroad. 
That's good. I'm glad you clarified that for me. I was thinking they had been absorbed into one of the Canadians. Okay. All right. All right. Don't hex us, oh, man. You <laughs> Last thing I want to see is like them. Yeah. Back. Okay. Well, now the Illinois Central that used to run through your backyard, that's a part of one of the big uh, boys up north, right? Yeah, that's yeah, Canadian Nash. Okay. All right. Don't sound so pleased. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, the uh, the the variety has certainly taken a uh, beating over the last 15 years with all the mergers. Well, you know, it's still pretty interesting out here. When I first moved to Champaign, uh, my friend Chris came in with me, and the first thing that we saw, you know, it, it's like some old SD40-2s and GP40-2s, or forget the dash twos, or just GP40s, you know, and we're, we're like, oh, so this is where all the cool stuff went, <laughs> you know, that all went back east, <laughs> so, yeah, no, it, it's... You, you might be uh, wanting to go a little bit further east eventually, Craig, than uh, Flagstaff. And I think you'll you'll find a, you know, rail fanning is is really a totally different animal than it is down in Southern California. Oh, yeah, yeah. No, I mean, yeah, I agree with you on that. Even back in Florida, when I've been back there and in Georgia, uh, you see so many GE-8s on trains with CSX. Out here, I haven't seen a Dash 8 in years. Because, you know, for emission standards and efficiency, they just don't use them out here. These very, very rarely. On, on the BNSF, UP still has all – I've seen even lately some weird stuff on the UP. But uh, the BNSF has a pretty standard fleet of just GVOs one way or the other. Yeah, sort of like they're on the captive assignment out of Southern California or something. Yeah. Well, that brings yeah. up an interesting point. You mentioned uh, the the road still running basic SD40s and a lot of Dash 2s. Maybe, well, if, if Craig so had BLMA, I would suggest it to him. But we need a uh, SD40-3 cab that we can snap in, Chris. Take our Dash 2 cab out, put the, you know, the higher profile Dash 3 cab. Retro you mean like the CSX one? Yes. Yeah. You well, guys could make that and sell. Hey, upgrade your locomotive. <laughs> you're trying to pitch me on a product on the podcast, yeah. what you're doing. Well, <laughs> it hadn't worked too well for Jim on your it, the OTL You see, car. Craig, this is what you're leaving behind, man. <laughs> I know. Yeah, yeah. Hey, well, I, I actually would like to see that, by the way. That, that would, those cabs, even though they are different and they're not the classic EMB, they, they do look kind of cool. There you go. Craig agrees. It's like Tag when, team. when you brought out the Topeka cabs uh, right. for the 9s and the uh, CF7s. Excellent idea. I've got to find one. but Yeah, good luck with that. I know. It's a <laughs> search. Yeah, th- those things ended up being way more popular than the than, than initially thought. So, But, hey, we still have the molds and we'll still make them. So. It's just a matter of time. That's all it is. I just see. I just will not die until I get one. So I may be here till I'm eighty. <laughs> well, yeah. you're a little bit closer now. At least you're in the same time zone as me. So it's yeah. just a matter of like coming up and thumping my head and go. Oh, don't forget those cheap seven U's. You know. <laughs> I will for the. Isn't there a big St. Louis show this summer? Yeah, yeah, that's in yeah, August. PM, yeah. 
Are you going to go to that, Jim? No. Oh, I'm thinking of taking the train up. Well, well I, was, I was only able to go that year because I was off work. I see. Well, Craig, how about you? Do you want to come out to St. Louis? I, uh, I, I'm, you know, what's funny is um, going back to Paul from Details West, he emailed me uh, a note about that show the other day and said, hey, what do you think? And I said, well, yeah, there's actually a possibility. How's the rail fanning around there? Is it is it decent or? It's amazing. <laughs> okay. You have trains on top of trains on top of trains. The, okay. One of my first impressions of St. Louis, Craig, when when Chris and I came through town, we looked over and there's multi levels to it, and they have like yeah. the steel viaduct that looks like something that came out of the Chicago L with like a hundred car trains on them. It, wow. Yeah, it, it, it's. There's just so many bridges because of the Mississippi. There's so many different routes that go in and out of that city. It, it's amazing for rail fanning there. It absolutely is. All right. Well, you may have sold me. We'll see. Yeah. All right. I think, uh, yeah, we might do a live remote or a remote podcast minute then, Chris. Uh, well, we just need to get Jim Lincoln over there, too. Hey, uh, you just have to pay. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> Kickstarter. Kickstarter. <laughs> just pay. Just just pay my my salary for a week and uh, and the cost to get out there. Since no, I'm gonna have to take no, a week you can off. Have one or the other, not both. Uh, no, it has to be both. Otherwise, I can't do it. Oh, gee, many Christmas. Little little <laughs> thing. Little things like the the you know the company just getting really irritated when you. So okay, so you just had seven months off, and you're taking more time. Oh well, come on, yeah. it's, it's well, just yeah, how it goes. So you're tired. To... <laughs> well, I got train shows to go to. Come on, Chris. Just find Jim a job with Ethan. Oh okay. Let's take this. We'll just remove the obstacles. We we we, we tried that, and the guy never answered my email. That's okay. Chris could have to lean <laughs> on them for you. And Chris told me, he, Chris told me, he's like, uh, don't expect an email back. He's like that. <laughs> so I'm just warning you now. Yeah, he's not just... really good about answering emails. Yeah. Yep. Yep, 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 yep. But do yeah. not deny that. Uh-huh. It's like the, 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 well, I mean, I, the company I work for is, the T is famous for that. Guy guy goes and applies for a um, supervisor job. Mm-hmm. And he goes, he applies. The, the thing goes well. He doesn't hear anything. Six months goes by. So obviously he has moved on. <laughs> you know, he's moved on. He hasn't heard anything. Six months ago go by. Seven months goes by. And he gets a phone call and says, hey, Mr. Lewis, um, you're now the head of operations at the such and such pl- uh, such and such facility. You're you need to report there tomorrow. Wait a minute. <laughs> wait, a minute wait a minute. Wait a minute. I applied for that six months ago. Uh huh. Yeah. yeah, you got the job. Uh, nobody said anything. Well, I don't know what to tell you, but you need to be there tomorrow. Bye. Click. <laughs> yep. That's that's the people I work for. You know that that sounds a lot like Tim Dickinson's stories, huh, huh, Craig? Yeah, that that's right. Yeah, that's funny. <laughs> well, no, today I was out. I I took a train ride from uh, 
Oh, um, well, you, you fly in the midway, flew in the midway, took the orange line into town, into what is it, Roosevelt? Went over the went over the Roosevelt Bridge over Union's the tracks going in the Union Station. So did a little bit of rail fitting there, um, and then took the train to Lombard, and then just decided, you know what, I'm going to ride the train all the way to the end <laughs> and come back. And saw a bunch of GP cheap fifteens. The thing I saw a couple GP fifteens and a MP fifteen AC. I think so. I was like, oh wow, don't see those every day anymore. Out in the out in the UP in the old Chicago Northwestern. Hello, hello. Oh, okay. Me being on a cell phone, everything went totally silent. I'm like, uh-oh. <laughs> we did that just to scare you. Yeah. <laughs> well, it worked. It worked. I'm like, oh, like, wow. I, I was texting everybody, but it just. <laughs> uh-huh. uh-huh thanks let him uh-huh. simmer yeah uh-huh. that's right just a little marinade a minute uh-huh nice <laughs> nice yeah because iphones are famous for going along you have you have 35 percent. now you have one percent now you're dead <laughs> yep all right i just had 35 percent three seconds ago <laughs> yep not to be there. You had to be careful too. The uh, recharging the the USB that you can plug into your computer or into the adapter on the wall. I have noticed that because my wife and I both have iPhones, iPad, blah blah blah. She has two because that's what the Med Center uses for the company phones. And I can plug into cord one, put it on plane mode because it will recharge more quickly on plane mode. And I can be from like 30% to 100% in an hour. There's one of our other cords. I don't care if I say the rosary in front of it. It's going to be four hours before it fully charges. So yeah. So there's that variable on there. So I think it depends on where you get the, the cords from Apple are very good. The cords from everybody else are not. Oh, so good. I'm talking about a variation just with Apple cords. I don't buy it. Oh, okay. I do not buy aftermarket cords. That's just, I go, nope, I'm going to buy their cord. And then I know, you know, supposedly the quality's high, but yeah, you're well, right. I mean, There's it, a variation. It, it's, it's certainly higher than the quality of the Apple cords tends to be a lot higher than anybody else's. Just. And then there's Bluetooth trains, Bluetooth trains. Yes. yes. <laughs> and the app. That will control yeah. the, the, the app that will kill your iPhone. Oh, so oh I, really? I bet you that thing <laughs> sucks some power. Well, I don't know. It, it's it's not too bad, actually. It's the, the Wi-Fi one kills my phone pretty quick. Just leave the phone plugged in. Well, it's probably like streaming a video. There's a lot of data transmission going on. Even though it's not audio video, there's still a lot of bits and bytes flowing down the, the Bluetooth highway. Well, it's all still better than like programming a bunch of CVs, in my opinion. Oh, come I'm, I'm on! I'm pretty. I'm pretty. Come on! I'm man pretty up. set on just like getting out of DCC. Quite frankly, I'm not. I, I've struggled with it for so long. And... <laughs> wow! Are you going uh, Rail Pro? No, no. I'm. I'm kind of like seeing which which technology. Reign supreme. Okay. So I'm just holding off my my purchases. I'm still buying decoders and things because I want to 
continue operating my stuff, but um, I'm looking for an exit strategy from DCC. <laughs> it's, you know what? It's like we talked about on the last show. I think it is the Bluetooth connectivity is the wave of the future. Oh, it has to be. Yes. Yeah. It has to be. That makes it so, it's so universal everywhere else. It's, and it works. Yeah. Well, you know, when you think about it electronically, well, what, what chips are more available or being produced more? Yeah. It's Bluetooth. I mean, it's everything. Right. It's in everything, you know, versus yeah. like this old 1990s technology. Those chips are becoming, you know, they have more likelihood of not being produced just because of the numbers aren't there. So, mm-hmm. yeah, that's, uh, you know, because when I unpacked all this stuff, I took each locomotive out put it on the test track, on test rollers, just to, I mean, the movers were careful, but, you know, it is a move. And everything was fine except for one locomotive. I'm going to take it apart. Dead. The And it's a tsunami. Uh, it's just dead. I got to see what the heck happened. You know? I had heard... I mean, I mean, I, I don't know. You may end up having to cut this out. I don't know. But I had heard that the reason that uh, Soundtrack stopped making the tsunamis was because there was certain parts they couldn't get anymore. Well, they, you they, know. they just can't. They just can't get the parts to build them. That's what. But they can. They can get the parts for the economies. That's why they're shifting over to the production of the economies. It's just. It's just. Well, they're using a particular component that's not as available anymore. Maybe. Well, yeah. We'll know here pretty soon. When's the official announcement? Uh, it, it's moving, but it's tentatively in April. Okay. So That's next we month might be, uh, yeah, we, we might be able to keep this together. Okay. Um, because uh, soundtrack said it's like middle of April. Okay. So if this, if this podcast shows up around that time, I'd say that's okay. Uh, well, even if it's, before that, you know, within the next week, ten days, shouldn't be a problem. Uh, I mean, it's. But I, I had, I had heard that from other sources, okay. so it's not. Yeah, I don't think it was that much of a secret, and I don't think that's much of a. It's not much of a smoking gun to say, oh, they got something going on in the background. It's like no, they just can't get the parts. Well, but the other thing is, Jim, with the uh, reputation that has been built by TCS and ESU. Yeah. Yes, the next generation of improvement from soundtracks on their tsunami was expected. Yep. You know, they're not going to status quo and watch their, you know, their margin share uh, erode like that. So, no, I, to me, it's a logical business move. So, mm-hmm. but. And it, and it helps when you can't get the parts anymore. Yeah, okay, maybe that's it. You know. It's like forcing forcing us to go in a different direction. Well, I uh, one of the installers that I used to do a lot of conversing with and stuff out in uh, Phoenix, who did a lot of work f- uh, from uh, or for Bruce Petrarca when he had Litchfield. He was telling me after he had done a couple economies uh, that his socks were blown off on the economics, some of the features of it. Uh, especially when he put them, and I mentioned this once before, in a couple Cotto hood units with uh, sugar cubes. And I've heard them, and I went, holy freaking moly. 
That's uh, that's amazing. So the fact that they're going to take the flagship and upgrade upgrade it, I think, is uh, expected. That's what businesses do. They react to threats. They reposition. So, yeah, marketing threats and so forth. Look at the people that reacted to, to the improvements Craig made with his different products. Craig drove, uh, drove a lot of change there. People had to up their game because he made a better product. He's letting you simmer. Yes. That's right. Yes, right. <laughs> and then he came out with loads. My gosh, he came out with loads. I hate making loads, and he did it for me. Oh, he was my hero. It's okay, Craig. You can jump in anytime there. It's, we're just tracing. No, I, I'm enjoying get. this. I'm just, I'm relaxing and I'm, I'm enjoying this. <laughs> these, uh, these showers of accolades for your, uh, BLMA. Oh, I, I, and I always, I appreciate it. Yeah. It's, oh, yeah. hey, it's heartfelt and sincere. Not blowing smoke here, buddy. Yeah, I appreciate that. So just, you know, and Mr. Mr. Palomera is there. Our lifeline to Atherin, it's just, you know, this is the best of both worlds. My wife goes, who are these people? I went, let me tell you who these people oh, are. Wait a second here. <laughs> well, no, because she's not in the hobby, so she doesn't know. Uh, have know. you ever she talked wouldn't. to James Wright, any of you guys, Craig? Have you? Uh, I haven't uh, spoken to him myself, but. He's he, talking he about. Um, with, with the YouTube videos. Yes. Have you, have you ever yeah, talked to talk, him? Yeah, yeah, plenty of times. He, he was telling me about a story where I think he went to one of these shows. I'm not sure which one. But one of the, the guys that works over at the hotel was a model railroader. So he got instant recognition from this guy that works the front desk of this hotel. And upstairs there was like a, uh, a sick, uh, like some beer and snacks, and then he totally hooked up his room <laughs> like he was a movie. Oh, wow. or something. Oh, very good. You know? Wow, that's awesome. That's so the, cool. it's sort of like a, a, a fraternal thing where uh, you know these guys that there are, there are model errors out there, and they are paying attention, and they will recognize you, and when you least expect it, <laughs> you know. Well, like that's I say, funny. it's like it's like MI six. You know, it's like you, it's this. Model railroading is a secret society that no one talks about, but, you know, a lot of people are. It's like they're all spies running around. Yeah, who, uh, you know what I've always found is oh, – sorry, go on. No, I was just going to say, you know who Jeff Bundle is? We've had him on shows. He's the guy that does the conversions of Atherin cranes with miniature motors and does all this really cool stuff. Uh, he's had articles in uh, MRH. Well, he had family in Phoenix. So when he was there, he would stop by the store and people would recognize his voice. And uh, you're, you're Mr. Bunzel. You've done this and stuff, you know, from all the podcasts and stuff he's done. And they come up to me. I recognize your voice. You do a podcast. You must be Chris Palomares. <laughs> No, he's with Ather now, huh? Yeah. Well, it was funny because one of Craig's friends from Australia yeah. recognized my voice. Oh, they do. They recognize well, What's voice. his name, Craig? Uh, Greg. Yeah, he's a Greg for uh, Qantas. Yeah. Hi, Greg. <laughs> he yeah, he recognized my voice, and uh, 
he's like, oh, you're Christopher. You're, you're on the podcast. I'm like, yeah. He's like, oh, I thought you'd be older. I'm like, oh, okay. <laughs> no, Chris is a young twit. <laughs> yeah. Well, you can't even say that anymore. I, I got my, my big 4-0 this year. Oh, no kidding. Or baby. <laughs> You are stuck in the 80s, though, so there's that. But Yeah, yeah that, that's yeah. part of it. I remember my 40th birthday like it was uh, 30 years ago. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Come on, well, say it right, Paul. It's 40 years ago. Yeah, there oh. oh, Not yet. Not quite. Thank you. Put in the... Uh... Put in the ricochet sound. Oh, yes. I will come up with another uh, sound effect for this this episode, like the... Or, or it could be a drum, you know, that drum thing for after a joke. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. A sneer drum. Rim shot. And Rim shot. Well, well, speaking of that, Craig's a drummer. Did any yeah, of you guys I was... know that? It's, I had a real quick funny story about that. I was thinking about us talking about model railroaders everywhere, and you don't know, you know, who's a model railroader. And I was in a band. When I first started BLMA, this was in the early 2000s. I was in a uh, a rock band, and we did some touring around the southwest here, so um, up in northern California, Arizona. And I somehow BLMA, the, the really old, old, old version of the site when I first started I posted something saying, hey, I'm going to be on this little tour, so I can't, um, I won't be answering emails while I'm on the tour. So if anyone has any questions, you know, please wait till I get back. But if you're interested, here are the tour dates, and here's where we're playing. And we played up at a little place, a little venue in uh, Campbell, California. And it's, so I played a show with my, with the band I was in at the time. And uh, after the show, it's probably 1130 at night in this venue full of, you know, younger, younger people. Some guy comes up to us. And we're tearing everything down on the stage. And he says, hey, we all look. Yeah. Which one of you is Craig? And everybody, you know, just points to me like, there he is. He's right there. Look at him. That's him. And so I, I said, yeah, I'm, I'm Craig. And he's like, hey, man, I'm a huge fan of BLMA. Keep up the great work. Your band's awesome. I'm a train guy. And he just came out to see the band play. And he was probably like, he's probably a 60-year-old guy that just came out. And he's like, hey, saw the, saw the post in the blog. You weren't going to be around, but you're playing in my city. So. I figured I love music. I love trains. We could I come on by. And it's like, thank God. Cause at first I thought you were going to kill me, but secondly, awesome to see you. <laughs> you know, thanks, thanks for coming out, man. Yeah. So, cause it's like, thanks, thanks to the rest of the guys in the band. You're probably like, this guy owes me money. Yeah. He's right there. Know, he's exactly. right there. Get him. Well, you always tentatively <laughs> yeah. go, yeah, I am. Why do you ask? <laughs> no. Yeah. No. Point to somebody else. Uh, that guy over there. I mean, once he gives him a hug, Oh wait, that could, that was my hug. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> Anyway, yeah, that depends. Yeah, that depends on whether I owe you money or not. So. Yeah, exactly. A train guy, you might like take beer cars in lieu of money. <laughs> true. <laughs> Trading out beer cars. That's true. Hey, my. We'll mechanic, work for beer cars. My mechanic took took HO scale cars. That's funny. No, he would. He would. He would make me pay him for the parts. I had to pay him the parts because that came out of his pocket. He says, "But all the all my labor." He says, "Yeah, pay me in trains." Because I'm not I'm not an HO anymore, so he he wanted a lot of my stuff. So it's like, you know, just, there you go. <laughs> wow, I I I get worked out worked out of my car, and I don't have to pay. It was great. Although it's funny, he you know I gave him a bunch of um, fast track jigs. 
kind of a funny story. And I, you know, I showed him, okay, this is how you make it. You make a turnout. So I was making turnouts with fast track jigs. And I said, can I borrow it? Yeah, sure. I borrowed it. And so he makes them, he makes a couple of turnouts and I go over his house and I look at him and he had, he had not filed the points to a sharp point. They were vaguely blunt. It's hard to say, but he didn't put the ra- he didn't put the rail in right, so it wasn't like totally like a sharp point, like a, a railroad point. And I'm looking at these turnouts, and I said, "You didn't do this." And the trains went over him fine. That's the thing that killed me. Um, I said, "Did you even look at the instructions?" I was like, "No, I'm a mechanic. Why would I need to do that?" You might want to look at the That's video. <laughs> this is, you might want to look at the videos and tell you how to do this. Oh, but hey, it works. I'm like, yeah, but the, the turnouts work. I said, yeah, but they shouldn't. These shouldn't work at all. All the wheels had flat spots after, but hey, it was totally good. They totally worked. That's right. Yeah, I mean, for a while, you know. No, no, he he ended up fixing it, but I thought it was too funny. It's like, why? I'm a mechanic. That's I didn't funny. need to read the instructions. I know it works. It's like obviously not. But he did an awesome job. You know, these things, you know, people do all these, this work for swing gates. You know, it's one of these, you know, a a swing gate so you can get into the middle of your railroad. Yes. uh, Instead of having a duck under. And it's one of these, oh, you know, you normally have a lot of experience in model railroading before you try anything like that. And I go over his house and he has this perfect swing gate. Absolutely fits perfectly. No, you know, no, no problems going over it. I walk in, I'm like, I didn't say anything to him. Well, no, I think I did. I was like, dang, this is beautiful. I don't know about the rest of the railroad, but this swing gate's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> but he was so mechanically inclined, he was able to figure it out without, like, you know, I can do some things, but that's not one of them. That's not one of their things I'm good at. Yeah. I well, that's the that's the part of building a layout. When Once you kind of step away from, like, detailing locomotives and freight cars and stuff like that, it's like, all right, time to saw some wood, lay some track. And I've seen some pretty, you know, astute modelers struggle with track because it's just such a different discipline, you know. Mm-hmm. So well, the, the other thing is, you know, track. The one, I mean, the reason I like track is really it's one of those it's one of the few things in model railroading that you build a model and it works. And if you don't do it right, because there's a lot of modelers who are very good modelers, but they also know how to cover up their mistakes. You can't really do that with track. It's either right or it's not. And your trains will really quickly tell you whether you did it right or not. You know, so, but there's also a tremendous satisfaction when you, you know, you spend a lot of time building whatever it may be. And then the trains run through it with no problem. Uh, and it looks good. It looks good and it runs well. So it's it's a little bit different than, say, a model structure, which just needs to look good. And then half the people, they were like, well, I'm only going to do two sides of it because the back of it, you're never going to see it. So I'm not going to detail the whole thing. Well, you, you know, can't, you I, can't get away with that with track. <laughs> you know, Jim, we, I, I wonder if Craig has a video of one of Tim Dickinson's uh uh, turnouts because uh, Tim Dickinson ha- is a railroader, so he sees track like you yep. do, and just the attention to detail around track is just it really makes the the railroad tie together. You know, it, it's yeah, like all the freight car detail, all that. 
the track too. It's it just totally elevates the the level of realism. I got to try to go and see if Craig has a, a video that kind of shows that and post it onto the 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 Facebook page or something like that. Mm-hmm. I think that there's there's definitely a couple of uh, scenes in the videos we shot that show some of the track work on his layout. But I agree. I mean, with everything that's being said here, yeah, you can't. It's something you can't really cheat. And I feel like the people that take their time on it are the ones that benefit from it because you have fewer derailments. It looks awesome. The other real kind of key thing that a friend turned me on to is laying perfectly straight track. I, I realize in some instances in life with old branch lines and things are not perfectly straight, but mainline track, a lot of times it is dead straight, you know, unless it's on a curve, of course. But um, to get that done on a model sometimes can be kind of difficult. You really have to sit there with the flex track and, you know, kind of manicure it to get it to be perfectly straight. So the people that really get it right, it, it pays off in the long term. But it's one of those things, too, like building a house. If the foundation's not right in the house, it ain't ever going to be right, you know. So right. you got to – it pays to do it right from the first time. But it's not easy. It takes time. Yep. I, I got to kind of get going. Do you? I don't know. Yeah, I do. It's becoming dinner time. I was going to say, is it time to take your girlfriend to uh, Cracker Barrel? You know, <laughs> now that you mentioned it. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Well, then, you know, you got to do what you got to do. And, Craig, thank you very much for your time. We've appreciated it. Yeah, thank, yeah, thank you, guys. I, I really appreciate it. And keep up the good work of what you're doing because every little bit of, of everything for the industry helps out. And I, I think that there's this podcast is awesome. So thank you again and uh, keep up the great work. All right, buddy. Thank you. Thank you. All right, see you at a show, Greg. All right, sounds good. Take care, buddy. All right, Mr. Palomares, you can go have dinner. All right, thanks, guys. All right, see ya. So nice of you to let him. Yes. I'll talk to you guys later. All right, bye-bye. Bye. 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 Bye.